Welcome to this E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Podcast. Today's program is a follow-up to our newsletter topic, Nutritional Issues in Cystic Fibrosis. Our guest today is one of that issue's authors, Dr. Deepak Agrawal, adult gastroenterologist at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. E-Cystic Fibrosis Review is jointly presented by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. This program is supported by educational grants from USA Incorporated, Vertex Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, and Gilead Sciences. Learning objectives for this audio program are that after participating in this activity, the participant will demonstrate the ability to evaluate the impact of disease-modifying therapies on the nutritional status of patients with cystic fibrosis, describe the impact of behavioral interventions on the nutritional status of children with cystic fibrosis, and discuss the effects of parental depression on PERT adherence in their children with cystic fibrosis. Dr. Agarwal reports that he has no relevant relationships with any commercial entities and that his presentation today will not discuss any off-label or unapproved uses of any drugs or products. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of the program. Dr. Agarwal, welcome to this E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. In the newsletter issue, Doctor, you reviewed some of the recent literature describing appropriate PERT dosing, factors that can affect PERT adherence, and the impact of Ivacaftor on nutritional outcomes in patients with cystic fibrosis. Our focus today is to show how some of this new information can impact clinical practice. So let me ask you to start us out with a patient presentation, if you would please, Doctor. Oh, sure. Let me start off with a case that I have seen recently. An adult with cystic fibrosis, he had G511D mutation, and he had recently started taking a medication Ivacaftor. His pulmonary function had improved, and he was taking pancreatic enzymes for his known pancreatic insufficiency at a dose of 1,000 units per kilogram per meal. He was taking a regular diet. He was happy, but he noticed that he had gained some weight on this medication. And although he was quite happy about it, he had a few questions. Your patient's questions, doctor. Uh, Let me ask you to hold off on those for a moment because I'd like to ask you a question of my own first. Why do you think your patient is gaining weight? This is an interesting question. The initial studies on Ivacaftor in cystic fibrosis looked at improvement in lung function only. But when they looked at the data regarding weight, it showed that the individuals had also gained weight. And it's not completely clear why people gain weight but the possible reasons include decreased energy expenditure, meaning patients breathe better and they spend less energy, so it's a less catabolic state. It's also shown that Avacaptor raises the intestinal pH, and we know that higher pH is necessary for digesting the food properly. So Avacaptor can do this by regulating gastric acidity or possibly by increasing bicarbonate secretion from the pancreas. Finally, Ivacaftor also decreases constipation, and overall, the patients feel better from GI standpoint. Thank you, doctor. So, your patient's questions. What did he ask you about his weight gain on Ivacaftor? He asked me, will he become obese if he continues the medication? That may be kind of a unique question, considering that low weight issues are one of the hallmarks of cystic fibrosis. You're right. For once, it's a good problem to have. I feel individuals with cystic fibrosis are quite conscious about their weights and their diets. Now, in the study in the Borowitz article that we reviewed in the newsletter, children continued gaining weight and it was appropriate weight gain, but adults stopped gaining after some time. So I would tell him that he does not have to fear that he will become obese. However, I will still review his diet to make sure that it's appropriate and it is not obesogenic. So what other questions did he ask? 
he also asked me about the number of medications he was taking he was taking a lot of enzymes and a proton pump inhibitor so he asked if you could reduce the number of pills he takes just about every patient with cf would love to reduce their pill burden and a lot of their pills are pancreatic enzymes so the question is is it possible that this patient could safely reduce his per dosing by switching to a different formulation uh, but before you answer that doctor let me ask you to give us a quick summary of the different pert formulations sure and there are two main types of pancreatic enzymes coated and uncoated so coated enzymes protect the enzymes from the gastric acid and are released in the duodenum uncoated enzymes get affected by gastric acid and are best taken along with a proton pump inhibitor most of the enzymes available in the market are coated enzymes there's only one uncoated enzyme available the other difference in the formulation is that some capsules have microspheres and others have micro tablets I should also add that there is one enzyme that has bicarbonate added to the enzyme the rationale being that it can raise the ph in the duodenum and thus aid in digestion and absorption of food so how do you determine which is the best pert formulation for a particular patient and how do you determine what the dose should be there is not much difference in performance of these different formulations an individual patient may respond differently so if somebody is not having the desired result despite maximal doses of enzyme replacement therapy i may try a different formulation the optimal dose of pancreatic enzymes remains to be defined most patients are started on 500 or 1000 units per kilogram per meal and then the dose is adjusted according to their response the maximum dose of pancreatic enzymes can be 2000 to 2500 units per kilogram per meal thank you for that clarification doctor So let's go back to your patient's question. Could his success on ivacaftor therapy result in reducing his enzyme pill burden? It may be possible to reduce the dose slightly and hence he can decrease the number of pills. However, he probably cannot stop pancreatic enzymes completely. Ivacaftor can stimulate pancreas to secrete more pancreatic enzymes, but it is not a substitute for pancreatic enzymes. His proton pump inhibitor Is that a medication he might be able to stop taking? It depends on why he is taking the proton pump inhibitor. Is it because of a peptic condition or because he has heartburn or was it an attempt to improve absorption through neutralization of acid? If he is taking coated enzymes, then he may not need a proton pump inhibitor. So if he doesn't have any symptoms, I will try discontinuing the proton pump inhibitors. Well, thank you, doctor. And we'll return. with Dr. Deepak Agrawal in just a moment. This is Bob Busker, I'm managing editor of Cystic Fibrosis Review. Cystic Fibrosis Review is a combination newsletter and podcast program delivered via email to subscribers. Newsletters are published every other month. Each issue reviews the current literature in areas of importance to pulmonologists, gastroenterologists, infectious disease specialists, pediatricians, respiratory therapists, dietitians, nutritionists, nurses, and physical therapists. Bi-monthly podcasts are also available as downloadable transcripts, providing case-based scenarios to help bring that new information into practice in the clinic. Subscription to Eastic Fibrosis Review is provided without charge or prerequisite. Continuing education credit for each issue and each podcast is provided by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. For more information on this educational activity, to subscribe to and receive Eastic Fibrosis Review without charge, and to access back issues, please go to our website www.eastcysticfibrosisreview.org. 
I'd also like to tell you about the CF Family Day Meeting Builder. This is a one-stop shop to help you create patient and caregiver educations in Family Day meetings. To find out more, please visit www.cffamilyday.org. One more thing I'd like to tell you about is the new Get Smart app. Get Smart, safe means of administering the right therapy, and that applies to extended release and long-acting opioids, is available for CME, CE, and MOC credit at no cost. Visit dkbmed.com forward slash smart to download the Get Smart app for Apple iOS, Android, or desktop today. That's dkbmed.com forward slash smart. Welcome back to this eCystic Fibrosis Review podcast on nutritional issues in cystic fibrosis. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of the program. We've been talking with Dr. Deepak Agrawal from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas about how the information in his recent newsletter issue can impact clinical practice. So let's continue with another patient scenario. Uh, If you would, please, doctor. Sure. Parents of a four-year-old child with pancreas insufficiency come to me with concerns about the child's weight. The child had been growing normally up until about nine months back and was on 50th percentile for body mass index. However, her weight began to decline, and she is now on the 25th body mass index percentile. Her eating habits have become worse now, and she just doesn't want to eat much. So this four-year-old has developed an eating problem, and that's confirmed by the decline in her weight and BMI, and her parents are asking for your advice on what to do about it. What kind of information do you need to get from them before you can make a recommendation? So history is a big part of the evaluation. I would first want to make sure that there is no medical cause, that there are no pulmonary issues, the lungs are doing fine, there's no infection, no constipation, and similar medical issues. The second thing I would want to know is, is she taking adequate dose of pancreatic enzymes? And if she's taking the enzymes at the right time, that is, with or during meals. If all this thing looks good, then I would like to know more about the child's mealtime behavior. What does she like to eat? how long she spends 